This is Talk To Me. The official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Your host, Joshua Toomey, bring you epic rants, anecdotes, and interviews with heavy hitters from hardcore A new life to hair metal. This is Talk To Me. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me. This is the official podcast of Metal Nexus. Make sure to head over to MetalNexus.net for all the news, reviews, interviews, and the archives of the Talk To Me podcast. This is episode 159, and the guest this week is a great one. We've got Mikey Doling of Snot, former guitarist in Soulfly, and he also plays in the band Channel Zero. So it's going to be a great episode. We talk about Snot, the formation of Snot, Lynn Strait and the uh, infamous toilet on the Limp Biscuit show. He gives us a couple of great Pantera stories. He got to tour with Pantera back in the day and also fills us in on Jack's Rocks Entertainment and also what he does in Channel Zero. Great conversation, a lot of fun, and we're going to get into a lot of snot talk and uh, some snot music later in the episode. Make sure to stick around until after the interview for Rob Rivera's pick from the kit. And let's talk a little Rock and Pod Expo 2018, August 25th, Nashville, Tennessee, at the legendary Nashville Palace. So here's what I have to say. If you are in a band, you need to go to the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. There's going to be producers there. There's going to be other rock stars there. There's going to be over 25 podcasts there that are ready and willing to do interviews. If you're in a band and you're in the Nashville area, you need to go to this. I can't stress that enough. Making these relationships one-on-one, shaking hands, and making that physical contact with everyone in the building will get your band one step further. You know, last year when I was there, Steve from Skin Lab was there. I heard him talking to Toby Wright about maybe producing something in the future. Like there were deals being made at the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo 2017. So let's have your band be the breakout band from the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo 2018. Head over to NashvilleRockandPotExpo.com. Get yourself some tickets. They're 10 bucks a piece. For 10 bucks, you get in. You get to check out all of the record vendors. You get to see all of the podcasters and their booths. Go, talk, shake hands, kiss babies, do what you got to do to get to that next level. Also, I will be on stage with Head from Corn talking about his upcoming documentary. I know that the Decibel Geek guys will be doing a live podcast. So for $10, you get all that and you get a live Talk To Me episode. How cool is that? A Talk To Me episode with Head from Corn. Brian Head Welch on the Talk To Me podcast returning to the Talk To Me podcast live on stage. Nashville, Tennessee, Rock and Pot Expo 2018, Nashville Palace. I hope to see you there. Talk To Me is brought to you by Good Company with Bowling. That's our good friend Scott Bowling down there in Atlanta, Georgia, with all the good Atlanta, Georgia fellas hanging out. He's got upcoming episodes with Eddie Trunk, Rich Ward of Fozzie, Jose Mangan. So much good stuff. His archives are even, even more amazing. You've got Head from Corn, Mikey from Islander, You've got Bones from Stuck Mojo, Eric Rogers of Stereo Mud, Clint Lowry of Seven Dust, LeJean Witherspoon of Seven Dust. If you enjoy good interviews and you enjoy good quality interviews, make sure to check out Good Company with Bowling, shot by the same guys that do DDP Yoga. So you're going to get a quality program every time you tune in. So make sure to head over to YouTube, check out Good Company with Bowling with our good friend Scott Bowling, and let him know that the Talk To Me podcast sent you. And one more shout out, tomorrow being Friday, our good friend Scribble's new album, Skinwalker, will be out. Make sure you're checking that out. Force 5 Records, that's the label run by the DRP, former Primer 55 vocalist. And uh, yeah, Scribble's over there, did the great Talk To Me theme a while back. We'll have to play that on the episode at some point too. And uh, we will definitely be closing out today's episode with the latest from Scribble. So make sure to listen all the way to the end to get yourself some Scribble fix from the new album that will be out tomorrow, Friday, June 29th, Force 5 Records. Support Scribble because 
Everything that he touches turns to gold. His podcast is great. His music is great. Check him out. He's always supported the podcast, and he's a good friend of the show. Now that we got all that out of the way, I do want to talk a little bit more about, about Vinnie Paul. I know that a lot of people listened to my quick 10 minutes little ramble right after Vinnie passed away. Uh, actually, that that episode or a little mini Vinnie Paul remembered uh, clip was listened to so many times. It actually outdid uh, last week's episode almost by double. It was insane the amount of people that listened to that. And I thank each and every one of you for checking that out. Uh, selfishly, I do want to say that it's been amazing seeing all of the Pantera in my Facebook feed, in my Twitter feed, uh, Instagram. It's it's great to see how many people out there met Vinnie Paul, met Dimebag Daryl, even, you know, even with Phil and Rex still out there running around. You know, you guys have met your heroes. And every time I opened up my Facebook the last few days, as sad as it is, it was just nice to not be, you know, beat over the head with politics or beat over the head with, you know, this anti-Semitic group and, and that. It was so just nice not to be uh, bombarded by hate because people had so much love for Vinnie Paul, including myself. I posted a lot of photos of myself from growing up as a, as a teenager meeting Vinnie Paul and uh, getting to get, snap a few photos here and there. Uh, the one thing I don't think I, I shared on the last episode, and it kind of hit me, um, the last, not, well, the second to last time, because Hell Yeah did play Louder Than Life a few months later, but the last time I saw Vinnie Paul in a club, I actually was standing on stage watching him play drums and, and just being mesmerized by the way he played. I know that I am, I'm a huge fanboy, and actually it's funny how big of a fanboy I realized I was when I had friends reaching out to me, asking me how I was doing, which I thought was crazy. And then on, a, on like Cobras and Fire, they name-checked me a few times. I didn't realize I was that big of a fan. Like, I mean, I know they're my favorite band, but maybe, and, and I guess I do talk about them a lot, but I, I didn't realize maybe how big of a fan I was of Pantera until... Obviously, people reaching out to me, asking me how I was doing. You know, when Vinnie Paul passed away, people were saying that uh, I was the first person they thought of when <laughs> when he passed. Um, I guess I do wear my fandom on my sleeve, which is fine because, you know, if you're a Pantera fan, you're a Pantera fan. I guess I just assumed that if you were into Pantera, you were into Pantera. You know, there was no like, uh, I believe Baco said on a scale of like uh, a zero to two me, he was a six. Which I figured, you know, if you're a Pantera fan, you're a Pantera fan. That's that's they're the band, you know, they're the heavy band that that uh, took us through the '90s. So, I guess the Pantera did announce that uh, this Sunday they'll be doing something in Dallas for Vinnie Paul, a little uh, remembrance thing. So, if you want to check that out, make sure to head over to Pantera's Facebook page. I know I've I've seen the uh, the information or over the last day or so uh, plastered everywhere. As much as I would love to make it down to Dallas for that, there's zero chance I'll make it down for that, and uh, I'll just continue blasting Pantera. Um, you know, so many so many shows did uh, great remembrance episodes of Vinnie Paul. Rock Strikes Ten, I, I checked that one out today. Joey Haney and Rock Strikes Ten did a fantastic job uh, memorializing both Abbott brothers, uh, Dimebag and Vinnie, and it's just a sad time for all of us. Uh, the next few guests I have. Do have you know some Vinnie Paul ties, so we will be talking about it. It's probably a subject that won't be going away for a while, especially on this show. Uh, if you don't want to hear me talking about Pantera and Vinnie Paul, uh, you know the next few few episodes probably not going to be the ones you want to check out. But yeah, the last time I saw him standing on stage watching him play drums, just it was like is it like he's right there? And it even hit me that I was like, man, that's Vinnie Paul of Pantera, even though he was playing in Hell Yeah. It was still Vinnie Paul of Pantera, and that's, you know, what he'll always be is Vinnie Paul of Pantera. I guess the saddest part is just, you know, how giving he was as a person to everyone that he met. And then the, one of my favorite things, and I think I talk about this a little bit in the Mikey Doling interview, is the fact that, you know, if you met him one time or you met him a hundred times, you walked away thinking you were his best friend. Very reminiscent of uh, how I interacted with Dimebag through the years. 
you know, you always left Dimebag thinking you had just met your best friend and uh, sad time for all of us. So let's play a little bit of Pantera and let's think of the good times we had with Vinnie Paul, Pantera and all the boys. So let's check out some Pantera. This is Philip H. Anselmo and you are listening to Talk To Me with Joshua.
All right, guys, this week's guest, Mikey Doling of Snot, Soulfly, Channel Zero. Wonderful chat with Mikey. I had the Pantera questions on my sheet even before the, uh, the the tragic passing of Vinnie Paul. I mean, you guys know that if a band has toured with Pantera, I always need a Pantera story. I think I think Mikey does really well conveying his uh, feelings towards towards uh, Vinnie Paul and Pantera and the guys. So it's a great chat. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's check out a snippet of uh, Channel Zero. Let's talk to Mikey Doling, and then I will talk to you guys after. Rob Rivera's pick from the kit. Mikey Golding on the line. Current, are you current Snot guitar player? What's what's the uh, the the current status of Snot? I guess I have always been the guitar player for Snot, and I still am. I actually started the band back in '94. Yeah, what a great band, man! And um, you know, it's funny as time goes on. You know, that's the one one band that always kind of comes back around where people are like, "Man, that Get Some album just just won't go away." You know, it's such a great album. Yeah, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. You know. We only had one record, Get Some, and here we are over 20 years later, and people still talk about the record. It's pretty awesome. Honestly, the Straight Up album, if you look back at that, you know, it, it, it was one of my favorite albums when it came out, and it's a, almost a time capsule now of of those years, you know, the, all of the, the, the special guests on it. Absolutely. You know, if you want to talk about Straight Up, you know, a lot of people think that was going to be the second snot record. Like those were the songs for it. And okay. that's not true. Oh. Not true at all. We were writing for a second record when Lynn passed, but we had just begun. So we had a few ideas, but that's about it. We didn't have any songs that were put together yet. And some of the riffs on straight up are some of the riffs that we were writing, but as far as songs go, not one of them. Huh. I'd always yeah. assume that I, I guess I was always told that that was the unfinished snot album with uh, guest vocalists. Yeah. That's kind of why I'm saying it. It wasn't, we, we literally put those songs together, uh, tumor myself and, uh, Shannon Larkin, who's in Godsmack, the drummer mm-hmm. for Godsmack. We just put those songs together, um, thinking about doing something for Len and that's how those songs came together. Well, how did Snot come together? How did you guys meet? You know, what uh, what was the antithesis behind the band? Well, in 93, I uh, I was in a band called Chronics back in Santa Barbara. And uh, we were together for around seven years. And in 93, we disbanded. And it was like a thrash metal band. And I just wanted to do something totally different. So I lived in a house with a bunch of other roommates and stuff, and I had a little uh, Dr. Rhythm drum machine and a four-track and a guitar and an amp, and I was recording songs and putting them on a cassette and handing them out to people, just songs without vocals, and I was calling it Snot. And I was actually the first member of Snot. And, uh, And then I got a couple other guys together, 
and we didn't have a singer. And uh, those are guys who weren't even in the band. And we were running around town calling ourselves Snot. And then we got Lynn Strait in the band. <laughs> it's a really funny story. Yeah. He came and tried out for the band uh, with me and these two other guys that weren't in Snot later. And uh, when he tried out for the band, I wasn't feeling it. And the other two guys were like, hey, man, he's amazing. I really think that you should consider him being the singer for the band i was like well if you guys feel it i guess we'll try it out i wasn't into it at first and <laughs> lynn ended up being my best friend of course but and and the greatest singer i've ever worked with but um about uh, three months after we got him in the band lynn came to me and said hey man we got to get rid of those two guys <laughs> 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 we got to get the band uh sounded better so uh, what happens? We got rid of those guys, and then Snot was just me and Lynn. And then uh, I had a friend of mine named Shannon Larkin who was playing in Ugly Kid Joe right. at the time as the drummer, and now he's in Godsmack. And uh, I came to him and I said, "Hey, man, I'm looking for members to start a band." And uh, I played him some demos, and he was blown away. And he said, "Man, I got some guys for you." And then he introduced me to Tumor, who's John Fonestock, the bass player, Sonny Mayo, the guitar player. And Jamie Miller, the drummer. And he literally hand, handed me those three guys. And that's what made Snot. That's crazy. So I, I, I thank him, you know, very much. Oh, absolutely, man. That's It's always nice for that. I always thought it was funny that, you know, John uh, Fonasok's nickname was Tumor. Obviously, mm -hmm. my last name, To Me. And uh, oh, so, so for yeah, the longest yeah. time, I was To Me. He was Tumor. Ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I got you, yeah. <laughs> cool. But, you know, that first, like I said, man, get some still to this day in constant rotation in a lot of people's, uh, you know, CD players, MP3 players, and Spotify and whatnot. And, uh, you know, that album, you know, I guess, stood the test of time. Yeah, man, somehow it did. I'll tell you what, when we were writing those songs, we didn't think about all that. We were just writing from the heart. We wanted to kick ass live and we thought those are the best songs for that and then we put the record together and basically the record sounds just like the band sounded live there was no pro tools and all that we recorded one guitar on each side the bass and the drums and the vocal that's it and uh all these years later it really does stand up and it's raw i, I love it i was watching some live videos earlier today just on some on youtube you know ozfest 98 and things like that. Yeah. yeah, it was exactly what you said, man. It was, you know, the the band live is what you got on CD. Absolutely. Um, you know, looking back on it, um, obviously you got to hit on the, uh, the 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 Limp Biscuit toilet with Lynn Strait. You know, where were you during all of that? Uh, we were in Boston at that time, and uh, yeah, I had no idea Lynn was going to do that, and I was front row uh, at the Ozfest, twenty two thousand people. And I was standing with our managers at the time, Nick Adler and another dude. And we're watching the show. And all of a sudden, I see Lynn's head come out <laughs> of this 13-foot-high toilet. And then I see him come out butt naked with a chick dressed in uh, all black leather with the mask on and all that. And uh, with, a, with a leash around her neck. And she blew him in front of 22,000 people. <laughs> and I swear to God, I looked back and I saw 22,000 people in shock, including myself. <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, Oh, well that's it. We're kicked off the tour for sure. So about an hour later, we went and met with uh, Sharon Osborne and she was so cool, man. She's like, no, it's all good. Lynn's going to go to jail, but this is going to be on MTV news and it's going to blow you guys up. And I didn't even think of it that way. I thought we were getting kicked off. And sure enough, that week we sold like 7,000 records. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it did actually help us. That's so funny. I mean, you got to think Sharon Osbourne, she knows a little bit of controversy is never a bad thing. Exactly. She explained that to us. And I was like, whoa, all right, cool. And it definitely was good, good for the band. <laughs> Obviously, with Lynn's passing, I mean, were you... on? Uh, Sonny Mayo was on the podcast a couple of years ago, and he was, he said that he was somewhat surprised but at the same time when he found out it was a car accident you know he always kind of assumed that uh lynn may go in a car um were you were you shocked when you found out uh, lynn had uh, been in an accident and passed away i was completely devastated i mean we we're roommates best friends we started this band together that was successful uh, we shared so much great things together uh, i love the dude like a brother so yes i was totally devastated 
but you know what? I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. The guy had his foot buried in that pedal at all times. Yeah. He, he drove his car way too fast. And, you know, no, I guess I'm with Sonny on that. Yeah. I don't think it was a dig at him or anything. I just think Sonny was, you know, just saying the same thing that he, you know, obviously uh, he had some erratic driving behaviors. He sure did, man. He was like always in a hurry and always had to be first. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. I definitely had white knuckles in that car quite often. So how long after Snot before you joined Soulfly? Man, uh, it was, God, it was only like two weeks, man. Wow. Uh, yeah. Tumor and I were together and we were actually listening back to some, some riffs that we had recorded. And uh, I was up at Klaus Eichstadt's house, who's the guitar player for Ugly Kid Joe. Yep. Those guys were like brothers to us. And uh, I was up there and uh, Gloria called us, got a hold of me up there somehow. Gloria's Max's wife. Yeah. And she said, hey, Mikey, I know you're grieving right now. You're going through a hard time losing Lynn and all, but we have a tour starting in eight days uh, going out to Australia and New Zealand and Japan with Corn and Marilyn Manson. Uh, can you do it? And I was kind of like still grieving about Lynn, mm-hmm. totally grieving about Lynn. And I, I told her, you know what? I don't know. And can you give me little time to think about it and she said i'll give you 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i kid you not she said well, i'm sorry but we're in a hurry to find someone so call me right back so i hung the phone up and tumor sitting next to me and he looks at me and goes dude fucking do it and i was like yeah man I just i was in a bad place you know i just mm-hmm. lost my my brother and uh so i called her right back and said yeah totally i'll do it and she said cool man you've got 18 songs to learn in eight days no rehearsals and then we're going to fly to New Zealand and start. And I did it. It was amazing. So the Soulfly, uh, there's, a, there's a full show Soulfly um, from Australia on YouTube from like 98. Would, would, it, would that have been like one of the first shows? Uh, you know what? It was actually 99. Okay. Because it was ja- January 99, okay. first month of 99. And yeah, that was like one of the first shows. I had a wow. mohawk and all that. Yeah. I was I was really hacking my way through the songs at that time. <laughs> I, I've seen that video and I'm like, oh my god, man! But I had just learned the set and I hadn't even rehearsed with the band yet. So, literally, when I stepped on stage with them in front of thirty to fifty thousand people at those stadiums, I was learning the set as we were going. It's always so crazy when you find out about things like that because most people assume that you know there's two weeks of band practice and getting all the right notes nope. and stuff. And so many nah. times, man, you just have to be ready and be prepared to go. Dude, I literally walked up on a stage in New Zealand and Max never asked me once if I knew the songs, right? <laughs> and I was sitting there with headphones on and uh, the whole time in the airplane and I'm walking up the back of the stage to go on and Max turns around and looks at me and goes, hey man, you know the shit, right? <laughs> I'm like, you're asking me now? The intro's on, there's 30,000 people there. I'm like, yeah, I think I got this. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Was it, a, was it a nice mix of Soulfly and, like, classic Sepultura? There was a few songs. Uh, we did, like, Refuse, Resist, uh, Straight Hate, mm-hmm. Roots, a couple others. But uh, mostly it was Soulfly, of course. Were you going to just uh, fill in on the tour, or were, you, were they looking for a full-on member? Like, when, how, long, how long into that did they ask you to actually join? You know what? Uh, I was just filling in at the time. And I did, I think it was like nine shows on that tour in Australia, New Zealand. And then we booked over to Japan and I did, I think we did four or five shows. And then we came home and I thought that was it. And then they called me again. They said, do you want to go to Europe? So I went to Europe with them for, I think it was four or five weeks. And then on that tour, Max and Globe asked me if I'd like to join the band. And I was totally into it, of course. I was stoked. I was, I was playing with Roy Mayarga and, and, and Marcelo, and it was just great to play with those guys. Yeah, no offense to the current lineup or anything. They're, they're obviously a great band, but, I mean, that was kind of the the heyday of Soulfly. You know, he's he's coming out, uh, coming out of Sepultura. He's put out the first album. You know, you join on the first album tour, basically, 
and, yeah. and then go on to do the next couple albums. But, uh, you know, there was so much excitement around Soulfly at that time that, uh, you know, you, you ju- definitely joined during a great period of the band. There's no doubt about it. That era of Soulfly was super, like, important to the fans. Not that it isn't now. Of course it is. Right. But it was definitely something new, and it was exciting, that's for sure. But I do have to state one thing. Okay. Mark Rizzo is 10 times the guitar player <laughs> I am. And that dude, I'm never going to take anything away from that guy, man. Max has got himself a fucking monster on the guitar right now. So, no, yeah, I had a good yes. time, but I'm no Mark Rizzo. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can't uh, can't deny that, man. Mark is uh, he's an he's insane machine. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. The one thing I did have on the list, actually, prior to anything that happened over the weekend, was uh, I did get to see you with Soulfly with at the it was the uh, Pantera Soulfly, um, yeah, uh, Nothing Face and uh, Morbid Angel in mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago, whatever year that would have been, two thousand. The Riff was it? The River? The, no, it was like All State Arena. It, it was. It was. Uh, oh yeah, it was a big fucker. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um. Obviously, with the passing of Vinnie Paul, I mean, you know, how was he on that tour? How was he through with you through the years? Um. Obviously, a huge loss for the metal community. I mean, God, my heart sank just now when you said it again. It's just like losing Vinnie, man, for all of us in the metal community and just everybody who toured with them. And God, man, I can't imagine what his friends, his close friends like Bride Dog and and Cat and all those dudes are going through right now. Uh, it's just, it's so hard to even digest it. Still, it's only been a few days actually. And mm-hmm. sorry to get on that note. It just sucks, man. I, I cried myself to sleep the night I found out, which was only three or four days ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, I gotta say, man, I've done a lot of touring, you know, over the last twenty five years. But that tour with Pantera was the greatest time of my rock and roll experience in my life. I mean, there's nothing like touring with Pantera, I'll just tell you. And I'm really fortunate to have have got to do that. And I appreciate it. And, you know, the Abbott brothers and Phil and Rex, of course, uh, and the crew, they just made us feel so welcome. They showed us the greatest time and they treated us like gold. I remember the first day we pulled into the Pantera tour. I was tripping, right? I mean, I'm like, we're going on a fucking tour of Pantera as the main support right. playing right before him, you know? And we pulled in and I think it was Denver. And I saw all their buses and their trucks, you know, their, their semis and all that. And I was like a little kid on Christmas, man. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even get off the bus for like an hour. Cause I was literally nervous to get off the bus, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> And so we finally did. We got off the bus. We figured out where our dressing room was. And we walked past Pantera's dressing room. And those guys were all in there hanging out. And I definitely saw them. And we're right right next door. And there was only a partition separating the dressing rooms. And we're in our dressing room like, fuck, Pantera's right next to us. They can fucking hear us if we're talking. And sure enough, dude, the door slams open. And there's Dimebag. Come on, motherfuckers! <laughs> he had he had a bottle. He's like, first day of tour, let's go. We started doing shots right there, dude. It was like three in the afternoon. We had a show that night. That's insane. And, uh, yeah, it was insane. We got super drunk immediately. That's <laughs> what we did. And uh, of course, I had to go lay in the bus before showtime and get my shit together. And we we rocked it, and they rocked it, and God, it was like that the rest of the tour. We did like. I don't know. I think it was like four or five weeks on that run. And then we did some uh, OzFest with them. And then we did a couple weeks after OzFest with them. So we ended up being on tour for like three months. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the OzFest. I would have seen that too. Wow. I I'd, I'd yeah. put it all together. Um, yeah. The, the thing that I noticed about Vinny's passing was the the outpour of not only musicians – not only metal guys, but you had like hair metal guys, you had, you know, classic rock guys, you know, guys in kiss and, and all those guys too. And then you had just, just simple, you know, Joe six packs around the world too, that like met Vinny one time, but, but had a photo with him and, and a huge story and not a whole lot of like, thank God he's gone. You know, even like blabbermouth, the comments in the blabbermouth section were all just glowing. And, you know, you don't get that on the internet and that just shows, how special of a person Vinnie Paul was. Absolutely, man. Him and his brother mm-hmm. were the most amazing people I've ever met in this industry. 
those guys were truly the best at what they did, better than everybody. And they were the kindest, most gracious people at the same time. I think they showed everybody the standard of being humble at the same time of being an untouchable rock star. They'd reach out and make sure you knew them. And they were just, God, they were so, I can't explain it, man. They were the best. Yeah. Yeah. They made time for everybody, put it that way. No, I've told, I've said it many times on this show, you know, as a kid, um, you know, I met them in 94 when I was 15 and Dime and Vinny, you know, were great to me then. And then I met them a few times through the years, just, you know, hanging around the buses or whatnot. But, you know, even when Dime was, uh, you know, taken from us in 2004, you know, I felt like I lost my best friend, even though I'd only met him, yeah. you know, five times. It was so great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, I think people went through that feeling with losing dime all over again, losing Benny for sure. I mean, it's just ripped up, ripped your heart out again, all over again to lose both of them. It's just, God, man, it just sucks, man. Yes, it does. Sad. God bless those guys, man. I'm, I'm really grateful to have, uh, got to hang out with them and spend a little bit of time with them. They're great people. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking, you know, on that tour, you would have had, you know, Pantera headlining. So you're freaking out about that. And then obviously you look over to your left and there's Max Cavalera singing, you know, Sepultura yeah. and Soulfly songs. You had to just spend like a kid in a candy store. Oh, absolutely, man. I sure was. Yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, grateful for all of it. And then even, uh, you know, even at the time, you know, I was a huge Morbid Angel fan and Nothing Face. So what a great that was yeah. actually like one of my favorite all time packages, I think, ever. No doubt about it, man. That was really killer. You know, it, it, you know what we did right after that Pantera tour too. Okay, went out with Slayer. Oh yeah, that's not... yeah. So here I am playing with Max, touring with Pantera. Then I got the news that right after that we're going out with Slayer. I was like a kid in the candy store for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. That's insane, man. Mm -hmm. What a, what a life you've led. It was good. That's for sure. And then after Soulfly, uh, how long? How long after Soulfly did you uh, did it take for you to reform Snot? Oh God, I guess it was about four or five years. You know, I had a couple other bands after that. I did a, a project called A Bloom for a while, and then I had another one called In Vitro. We went out with like tour with Corn and Hell Yeah and a bunch of people. That was great, mm -hmm. super fun. But those are passion projects. You know, and then we got Snot back together with Tommy Vexed, which right. was fucking awesome. Uh, and we got to relive that. I mean, it took a long time for us to have the balls to go out of Snot again without Lynn. And Tommy did a fucking amazing job, man. And um, then we put that away again for a while. And then uh, we went back out. God, I can't remember the years, but it was like five years ago. We started touring with uh, Carl Bensley singing for us. And that went really cool, too, man. Yeah, I think enough time has passed where a lot of people will accept, you know, obviously, you know, if Alice in Chains can do it, you know, if, if some of these bands can go out with uh, not, they're not replacement singers, but, you know, the 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 band with a, a person singing the songs, you know, you're never going to replace a Lane Staley or a Lynn Strait. Right. But, uh, but you know, you're but people want to hear those songs loud again. And I think, you know, you're, you're doing a service for the fans. That's what it was. I mean, it's not like we went out and made a new record or anything with a new guy. Because, <clears throat> I, I mean, be honest, we can't do it without Lynn. There's no way that I would have that same energy. No way. So we, we choose not to do an album. <clears throat> but uh, I think people wanted to hear those songs. And, uh, I mean, we did get some shit about it here and there. But for the most part, it was great. Like, we went and toured Europe. That went really well. We did the U.S. It was really well. But we still get offers now even to do stuff. And like we just did Japan recently. That went really good. Two nights sold out in Tokyo. And, um, you know, we just kind of choose what we want to do. We do get a lot of offers and stuff. It's fun to still have it. Back to Tommy Vexed. It's kind of crazy to kind of see his uh, career trajectory, you know, going from uh, Snot to Divine Heresy. And then now, you know, being in the uh, in the rock world, Darlings, uh, Bad Wolves now. that that That's an insane uh, career path there for him. Dude, I'm really, really fucking happy for him, man. He's, their bad wolves are kicking ass. It's really cool to see Tommy and John Berklin and Doc. Those guys have been through it and fucking fighting for it for decades. And here they are right now with a number one record. I couldn't be more happy for anybody. 
they really deserve it. Good for them. Yeah, and it's actually an incredible album too. You know the absolutely uh, heavy. You know, I'm kind of glad for you know. I'm obviously not glad that Dolores passed away, but I'm glad they got the recognition for the cover. But I think if people actually give the album a chance, it's going to you know blow their minds. Some of the some of the best you know freshest music I've heard in a long time, and it's really an exciting time for those guys. I know, man. Those guys must be on cloud nine right now. <laughs> I think they just sold out like a bunch of dates on a headlining tour. Yeah, it's got to be insane. It's kind of fun listening to uh, listening to Doc Coyle's podcast, kind of hearing him. Uh, it's a good podcast. Oh, it's right? a great podcast, man. I love it. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. He's been on the show a couple of times too. Um, cool. So, and looking at it too, it looks like you're doing a band called Channel Zero. But when I start looking into it, it looks like they're in like Belgium or something. How is this working out? Yeah, Channel Zero. I've been in that band for nine years, almost ten. I've recorded three records, actually written three records with them. And uh, that band is fucking fun to be in, man. Check it out. If you check out Channel Zero, look up uh, Dark Passenger on YouTube, and you can kind of get a uh, – you can kind of check out what we're all about Mm -hmm. currently. That band has been around for about 20 years, and I've been in the band the last almost 10 years. And uh, they're just great dudes, man. And uh, about – I don't know. About two or three months out of the year, I get to go play Europe with those dudes, and it's fun, man. It is so fun. How did that come together? You know, that's if you're saying it was ten years ago. I mean, that's not necessarily, um, you know, the 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 social network age that we live in now. So, how did that all come together? Uh, I got a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Lawrence Custers, and he manages a band called Sick of It All. And uh, he's from Belgium, and so he's friends with these guys. And uh, Channel Zero is pretty fucking huge out there. Like we do, five thousand seats when we play. It's it's big. And uh, they needed a guitar player. Lawrence knew them. He knows me, and he said, "I know the right guy for the band." They checked out Snot. They liked it, so they had him contact me, and then he contacted me and said, "Hey, I got a gig for you." And I thought he wanted me to produce a record for them because I also produce music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. So I checked it out. I'm like, yeah. I called him back. I'm like, hey, let them know. I'm very interested in doing that. Give me some contact info. And he's all, no, no, no. They want you to play guitar for them. <laughs> I was like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And so I grabbed a backpack. I brought my white flying V, flew to Europe, and jammed with them. And it just felt right. And so uh, it worked out, man. And and I've been in the band ever since. Wow, that's yeah. A, yeah I was sitting there looking at it. And I was like, wait a minute, these guys seem seem like they're from another country. How's this working out? But yeah, I mean, that's that's ins- that's a uh, nice little, a nice little thing to do every few months, right? It sure is, man. It's great. I have a great time with those dudes. They're they're sweethearts. Again, check out Channel Zero. Uh, we got a new record called Exit Humanity just came out, and uh, we got two other ones before that. Check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely throw some. Uh, I'll throw a cha- uh, Channel Zero song on the end of this, also. Um, cool. The um, and what's uh, what's Jack's Rock Entertainment? Uh, it's a management company I started. Basically, you know, there's a lot of bands out there these days that are just like they always ask me, "Dude, what do we do? How do we get a record deal? This and that." And you know, I I always tell them, "Look, man, the record industry these days they are not signing bands anymore." What you got to do is you got to just be your own label. You got to set up your online presence, your digital sales, you know, your corporation, invest in yourself, hire PR, shoot videos, get premieres and do it. And then all of them are like, well, how the hell do we do it? We don't know how to do it. And I started a company called Jack's Rock Entertainment because I do know how to do it. And uh, if they want to invest in themselves, I'll def- they can hire me to do it for them and I'll walk them through it. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. This time in the music business is, is if you have the talent and you have something to offer and you can get yourself out there, I feel like, you know, there's a lot going on out there that, I mean, even, even for my show, the amount of stuff I get sent daily it's insane for me to even try to get through a day's worth of PR people sending me the new album by this band and that band and, and this new band. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, and then even if you were to like swim through YouTube for a little while, you're going to find a ton of great music. I mean, there's so much great stuff out there and, yeah. uh, and for people to kind of rise through all that, um, if you have the the right package and the right 
song and the right hook and the right everything, man. It's it's gonna it's 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 there for the taking. I think a little bit more than the uh, than the past. I think the gatekeepers aren't as aren't as prevalent as they once were. You know. Well, basically, what a label used to do for you, they would shoot a video. They would set up a PR company. They'd hire a radio. They'd get you a booking agent and put promotion into you and get you on tour. And if you can do that for yourself, which those companies still exist, except for the record company part doesn't, but the PR company, the radio company, you can shoot videos. You can get a booking agent if your uh, online presence is strong enough. There's going to be interest there. And you can do it yourself. Be your own label. And that's kind of what I do with Jack's Rock. I just help them put all of it together and then manage it for them. I wish in my early days of trying to be in a band, I knew about PR and I knew about, uh, you know, getting music out there and stuff. And I think that, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, when I started actually doing stuff, you know, there were things, I mean, the, the, you know, the big thing, I guess, early night or late nineties was like farm club, you know, getting your, uh, right. getting up on farm uh-huh. club or, um, you know, obviously, I remember that. Yeah. Like, like, uh, <laughs> wow. That's a yeah, long time ago. Yeah. Man. If you could, but, uh-huh. but I mean, even then actually it was, I, I, uh, talked with, um, Mark Hunter of Chimera and, you yeah. know, he luckily that he was talking about farm club cause they were on it. And, you know, he luckily had a friend that knew how to turn their songs into MP3s. I mean, back in the day, I mean, that right. was the, you, you needed to have a, a computer nerd in your camp to, to get that done. Right. Mm-hmm. So now it's all it's all out there, and actually, there are so many podcasts, so many shows, so many websites totally. that can help you out and get you kind of to that next step to where back in the day you had a couple of uh, you know book your own life magazines and stuff like that. Right. Totally. There's definitely a lot out there for bands to get some presence for sure. Just got to take advantage of it. Couple of questions about snot. The one thing that I always notice about snot, and I want to get your opinion on it. Um, you guys are kind of always lumped into, into the uh, the new metal category, but um, I've heard some shows kind of uh, break your break break down snot. I've, I've seen a lot of uh, talk about it. I don't necessarily know if you're a new metal band or not. What do you think? I mean, you know what? I guess we're in the era, so we're considered that era new metal band, and we did sound different. We had a new sound. And we were metal, <laughs> so you can call us new metal, you know, but we didn't stick to the format of what those new metal bands were doing. They were all playing seven string guitars, tuned down, wearing Adidas, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And although I loved them, I mean, Corn and Deftones are my faves, but no, I didn't feel like we were. We were more into like the Beastie Boys and we loved No Effects, we loved Bad Brains, we loved... Uh, uh, RKL, Rich Kids on LSD. That was like one of our favorites. We were into that. We liked Helmet at the time, you know, and all the new metal stuff. We we're like, well, this is really cool, but it wasn't what inspired us musically at all. And we were not trying to sound like any of those bands. And uh, I don't feel like we really were the new metal sound, but we were in that genre, if you will, I guess, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's pretty lame, but yeah. Um, and then had Lib not passed away, you know, where do you think the band would have went? Which direction? Dude, I don't really know, man. God, it's, I mean, you know, the label was talking about hiring a big producer for us at the time. They wanted us to go more like radio, you know, they wanted us to kind of go to the route, I guess, like Papa Roach and all those bands were going, you know, and, uh, we we're definitely fighting against it. But at the time, we were pretty young and we're on a major label. We probably would have went the route of, I hate to say it, we probably would have sold out and <laughs> <laughs> fucking made that radio hit and all that and become a uh, arena band. You'd have like been like, uh, like Sugar Ray. Well, no, no, no. We were, I mean, I love Sugar Ray, but we were never went that light. But I think we were kind of gearing up to go a little more radio friendly at the time, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Now I look back and want to slap myself in the head for thinking that, <laughs> but that's honestly kind of mentally where we were at the time. And then, um, obviously, with the song "Angel's Son," I mean, you know, you basically gave Seven Dust their uh, their biggest hit of their career. You know, and uh, absolutely, and so God, that's such a great song. I was actually listening to it right before we started uh, started recording. But you know that, like that, like I said, man, that straight up album stayed in my uh, CD player, my Discman, for a long time. 
Yeah, man. That got that record, man. No, I don't even want to start. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, let's end it with like one good Lynn Strait story that we haven't heard before. Oh, man. I got too many. I mean, we just told one, right? When he got his dick sucked in front of 22,000 <laughs> people. Uh, yeah. That was a good one. Um, I don't know. I saw him. Uh, God, there's so many stories, man. The slow speed pursuit at the Ozfest was another good one. Okay. He stole a security guy's uh, golf cart, and he was going all over one of those arenas, you know, on the sidewalks. And it was him and, like, three carts behind him, and they were going, like, 10 miles an hour chasing each other. And everybody was laughing their ass off watching this go down. And then he uh, he took some stairs. I mean, these stairs were, like, two stories long, and he broke the front wheels off the thing. And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then jumped out of the the cart, broken wheels, and had security chasing him, and he literally got away. And uh, he jumped over the fence and got away. And then we went and picked him up in our bus, and we met him at some truck stop or something close to the venue. That was pretty <laughs> funny. Oh, here I got a pretty good one too. Right. This this one this one you like. When he got arrested on stage on that limp biscuit situation. Um, the cops let him put his clothes back on and then they had this makeshift like a, a jail backstage, you know, and, and it was very hot out at the time. It's summer touring, you know, so they brought him back to this outdoor like kind of jail area behind this fence. And just behind the fence, there was this big thing of water, this big uh, tub of water, ice and water full of plastic bottles of water. And so Lynn says, hey, man, can I grab a water to the cops after they took his little zip ties off his hands? Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, sure. And he reaches in his pocket without these guys even noticing, pulls out his weed and his pipe, <laughs> reaches into the water, drops the weed and pipe and pulls a bottle of water out and gets away with that. Nice. Yeah. And so then they take his name and they're asking his name and he told him he was Dave Mustaine. <laughs> So they literally wrote the police report, Dave Mustaine gets naked on the stage, right? And so now he's he's lying to the cops saying somebody else, there's another charge. And they're <laughs> like, all right. So they take the report, Dave Mustaine, and uh, they're letting, letting him out. And he said, hey, man, on the way out, can I grab water? He literally goes into the tub, grabs his weed and pipe, puts it in his pocket and leaves. <laughs> wow. So That's Lynn Strait, balls of steel, man. Absolutely! Wow, what a yeah. what a fantastic uh, person in our uh, the history of music. He was the real deal, man. Oh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's end off with a song off of uh, "Get Some." What song would you like to play? I just lie, man. Lynn's theme song. <laughs> what a great tune! All right, yeah. Mikey, man, it's been a pleasure, and uh, and honestly, since I started the show, you've definitely been somebody I wanted to have on the show. So, uh, thanks oh, for taking the time tonight, man. Hell yeah. Thank you very much, man. And uh, rest in peace, Vinnie Paul, man. We love you. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, all the family and uh, close friends of Vinnie. Shut up! Lie down! Put you to the test! Count
What's up, everybody? This is Rob Rivera from the band Nonpoint, and this is Rob's pick from the kit here on the Talk To Me podcast. I want to thank Joshua for allowing me to do this every week and getting, uh, you know, me to pick these songs, you know, and get to tell little cool stories about them, what these songs and bands have done for me. So this week, I'm going to pick uh, the band Snot. Um, what can you say about Snot? Probably one of the most explosive live shows that were that was ever out there. Uh, the band who single-handedly uh, responsible for Nonpoint's live show is the band Snot. Uh, we were opening for Snot and Machine Head in Pompano Beach, Florida, at House of Rock. When, um, I had bought the Snot record about uh, let me say about. Uh, a week before, two weeks before, and I was already blown away by it. Got this cool music. It was a mix of like hip hop and punk, and just had just like a street vibe to it. The production was really raw. It sounded like it was live in the room, to be honest. And probably still to this day holds up to any record out there. And, um, so we played the show, made some new fans. Then it was time for Snot, and then uh, they started. Lynch straight dove out in the crowd and they played uh, Fuck the Record, Fuck the People. And I was like, holy crap. And uh, I immediately grabbed my band members and uh, told them, hey, you guys need to come inside and watch this shit. And I was just so fucking blown away by the performance. And a performance that still sets such a high bar for me. And I have read over the years many bands that hated to play out this line because of their explosive performance and we took that performance and we just studied and three days later we played at the same club actually opening up for our friends the group mix and what people saw was not the band they saw three days before we immediately changed everything about our game everything about the band and wanted to emulate snot and how they played live so without further ado he was one of my favorite snot songs ever. Snooze button. Out.
just another song Talking about how you let them take your rights Another redundant verse About how you're a piece of fighting lost What cost? Your cause has got no champion How could you hold the win? By just complaining now it's raining On your worry decisions make it cost you dearly Not just your money but your freedom Or your wealthy Improper choices can be deadly They took your soul down right You did not even fight Well it's your motherfucking wake up call Flynn from Machine Head, and you're listening to Talk To Me. All right, huge thank you to Mikey Doling of Snot for taking the time. Great guy, great chat. That was just scratching the surface. I can't wait to have him back on the podcast. I think he'll be a uh, a welcomed guest back on the show. I, you know, it's about thirty five minutes of conversation with him. There's so much more we could dive into and talk talk about. And uh, what a great guy. Make sure you're checking out Channel Zero. Make sure you're following his uh, management company, Jack's Rock Entertainment. Obviously, he's always doing some good stuff with Snot. And uh, those couple Soulfly albums he was on, man, great Soulfly albums too. So Mikey Doling, true MVP of the podcast this week. Once again, my condolences out to the uh, family of Vinnie Paul, friends and family and the fans. Rest in peace, Vinny. I can't say it enough what your music meant to me, what your drums meant to the world, and uh, how everybody in the 90s wanted that uh, clicky bass drum. Guys, I will see you August 25th, Rock and Pod Expo 2018, Nashville, Tennessee, Rock and Pod Expo. Make sure to get your tickets now, get them early, get in the door, meet everybody. See the live Talk To Me podcast live on stage. Also, this show is brought to you by Scott Bowling and Good Company with Bowling, who sent me a great t-shirt over the week, man. Uh, that guy, wherever he finds his shirts, they are the softest, comfiest shirts I've uh, I've ever worn. Uh, the last one the wife stole is a sleep shirt, but this one I will keep as my own shirt. 
<laughs> so make sure you're supporting uh, supporting good company with bowling. Let him know Talk To Me sent you. But first, check out this latest hit by Scribble. Let me know what you think of the song. Make sure to pick up the album tomorrow, Friday, June 29th, Force 5 Records. So let's give it up for my boy Scribble. And so, for the Talk To Me podcast, I am Joshua Toomey. I will talk to you guys next Thursday. This thing came from outer space. This thing came from outer space. This thing came from outer space. In the center of the earth, military department living hidden in a hollowed out carcass. The moon is a hollowed out spacecraft used to consume the human race. That's why you can't see past the light beyond your sight. Wrapped in a maze when they raise the blind. Follow the pieces, we feast upon the wheat. Annihilate your deceit, continue to seize. When it's a conquer, we slaughter with these. Harvest the garden, the monster will eat. Drop bombs on the east. Searching for stargate, dark days. You don't want to cross fade. You never seen the pain that I bring. The heartache, we play the human race like an arcade. Tortured and forced in the beam, lost in the course of these dreams. S4D, underground, A51, SSP, 20 years in the storm. Majestic, testing and pass through inspection. That's why I stay with the gun at the calm. Bust the motherfuckers up, men in black coming, men in hungry for my blood. Public enemy, number one on the run. Glitch in the matrix, microchip in my tongue. Terminator, send you to a law. Death is a blessing, your world's gonna fall. Technocrats can the rain over God. Taking your race and erasing you all. Base, 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 base